0: Welcome to the New Habits Podcast, where executives and MVPs from Microsoft partners discuss the Microsoft Teams application and its use in enterprises.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the New Habits Podcast, the podcast that's all about the Microsoft Teams service. (laughs) Uh, my name's Susie Dean, and I'm joined by our permanent panel, Victor Velen, Paul Schaiflein. And this week we have a guest, Christian Mayer from the Teams team. Welcome, Christian.
2: Thank you, Susie.
1: Thank you very much uh, for joining the podcast, Christian. It'd be great if you could uh, give our listeners a quick overview of your role within the Teams team um, and your contribution out to the community
2: absolutely um, I'm part of the team's engineering team uh, my my media team is uh, we call it the Teams uh, platform ecosystem team. Um, And my role is to focus and work closely with our partners within the partner ecosystem to understand their needs uh, and uh, their ask on, on, uh, on Teams, especially around the platform and integration points, as those are more interesting for partners as they build solutions on top of a Teams platform, as they integrate their solution into Teams via APIs. But also around the features that are needed in teams so partners can make progress with their customers um, and enable teams and, and drive the usage to teams and, and provide a great experience uh, on, top on, on the teams platform. Um, and part of my role is also to work internally and ensure that um, we prioritize the work um, accordingly to unblock partners and to help them be successful with their customers.
1: So, what is the roadmap and the the sort of plan for the various APIs and extension points uh, with the Teams application?
2: That's a very good question. So, there is no roadmap, <laughs> <laughs> and and what the, there is no because if we if I would put a roadmap if we if we would put a roadmap right now, we will have to change it in a couple of weeks. Um, the the amount of feedback that we get um, and the amount of reorganization or adding new features that are coming in is so fast that the roadmap won't hold too long. Too long. So we'll have to basically hire a full team that keeps that updated, and we cannot follow with that. Um, the agility that we have and um, the amount of features that we, 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 we churn through is humongous, and it's very tough to keep it up. So um, that's why whenever someone asks about the roadmap, it's, it's, we cannot lay down a roadmap. That's like two or three years. That's not feasible. Um, so we break it up in chunks and then we look at individual areas as needed for example when we look at the apis we want to ensure that we have a journey along those so we started with the apis first that we released around the, the collaboration space around the first features that we had in teams uh, the collab which translate to chat um, and sharing um, and those apis will come with we called it when we ship them up uh, the bundle with lifecycle management APIs, where you can create a team, create a channel, add users, configure those, uh, start moving files around, and so on and so forth, because those are key for those scenarios. Now, as we move along this year, what we'll focus on on the next set of APIs will be around the the calling and meeting areas. Uh, Features that that came next in Teams and were announced last year. Now we need to come with the APIs and provide those capabilities uh, for for developers and partners. Now if you look at those APIs, there are two angles. Obviously, One is a pure integration angle where I have my solution, my system that needs to integrate into those. But the second angle is all around the application development where uh, I want to build an application on top of the Teams platform that leverages calling and meeting scenarios. Obviously, there are, there's an API piece behind it, but there's also an application piece behind that. So now the focus mo- shifts now more on those. Doesn't mean that we're not continuing to, to invest in the existing APIs that we have shift and then enhance those and add more. As a good example is the, the API that we're working on um, and it's in public preview around what we call a template templating API basically in the past you had to make several calls to basically provision a team with a certain template now in that API you can bundle it in one call so to reduce obviously the amount of calls that you make to that to the to our APIs and improve the Obviously, your your application. So these are the things that are still ongoing. Another battle that we have, and I call it a battle because it's a chicken and egg problem, is um, is is. Uh, the application level versus the, the, the user context uh, um, um, uh, level uh, permissions here. Obviously, it's very easy to do it from a user perspective. So I, I impersonate the user and and then whatever the users have available, available in in, uh, in in his standard or has access to, I can have access and control through APIs. Now, if you go to the uh, application level permission, things get very, very, very soon because now we get in scenarios with compliance, we get scenarios with auditing, we get those scenarios where we need to ensure that, okay, this needs to be thought through properly because now service has access to a lot in a tenant of a user of a customer. And uh, we need to ensure that everything is done properly and logged properly. And then we come next to the next questions where like, okay, but I don't want to give access to everything within that my service to access. I want to to have more granular control. So um, uh, these are the the areas that we were looking at and start investing in and working on those. So, So It can get very complex very soon. So these are the main areas that we'll look at.
1: You raise an interesting uh, point at the start there about the fact that you get lots of feedback coming in thick and fast, and so it's very difficult to see more than sort of six months ahead of 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 where you are at any given moment. How how do you and and the wider teams team balance that sort of immediate user feedback uh, with the more strategic roadmap? Because um, you know, certainly the work we've done together, but um, more generally, I think it's quite obvious to people that keep an eye on the team's product roadmaps and developments mm-hmm. that, that, that that both are being managed. But, but tell us about the mechanics of that.
2: So as, as you mentioned there, there there's the two angles one one is obviously we need to do certain things we need to ensure that from a calling meeting perspective from a device perspective from others we are delivering on those and we make progress and improve those that's definitely going on the second angle is we we What we made a little bit different in teams is that we have a large team of uh, PMs that are working very closely with customers, as well as very closely with partners like I do um, and get that feedback in. And if there is anything coming coming back, uh, then. From, for, through these channels, and we see that that's important. This is slowing down the customer. This is Im- impacting the, the the user experience of of the customer, or or the partner cannot execute and and cannot build a business around that. And we need to ensure that we have that capability. Into it could be platform, it could be even features. Then then those feedback comes in and reprioritizes some of of our our internal obviously roadmaps that that are 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 backlogs that we have to ensure that we we. Don't take out completely the customer, <laughs> and just focus on what we think is are the big ones that we need to focus on. So, so those both both come together uh, and then uh, move forward. Um, that's kind of how we approach it. So now, if 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 you would ask me on the uh, on the APIs that oh uh, how we how can you know what's going on? How can you get in touch? So um, we have whenever we have a an API available that we can. We think, OK, we're ready to bring it up out there. We ship it in this what we call public preview. So you, whenever you go to the dev docs and you, you look at what's going on there, you, you'll see that there are new APIs documented there in public preview. That's how you see what's coming out. And the rule of thumb is when, when it's out there, there are a couple of months later, we will GA them um, depends on the complexity of, obviously, of that API uh, behind the scene.
1: So tell us a little bit about the sort of strategic vision for Teams. Um, there's obviously, if you like, well, what some listeners will understand is the sort of Skype replacement capabilities. There's then the collaboration tool set. Um, are there any other sort of big new areas we can expect Teams to sort of, start delivering in? Or is it going to be an evolution of those core sort of capabilities?
2: That's a very, very good question. <laughs> so for that, I, I need to take a step back. So when when we looked at the, uh, originally, we come into those discussions, and like uh, we looked at out there at companies and we, we, we saw that there is one trend that started to develop. A lot of companies had a difficulty, including Microsoft, to attract new talent. Um, uh, couple of years back and then uh, all the the cios and ceos they, they looked at that and said like oh i need to i need i need to modernize my workflows i need to make the workplace attractive for this young time so how do i do that how do i make it uh, interesting to attract but also to keep the talent um, at the same time also improve the efficiency we we saw that a lot of companies struggled because they were very silent. Uh, there was not a lot of collaboration happening. So this this effort came from from a leadership perspective in a lot of companies. Through and they started to think about how to modernize the workflows, how to uh, digitalize, how to, to transform, bring them to this digital new era. Um, and when we talk about that, because it's key, I'm I'm, I'm coming to a company. I obviously, no matter where I'm working, I have to deal with. Something. I need to collaborate somehow with my, my peers. Now, the other angle is like a lot of companies work, uh, um, they are worldwide. There's a lot of collaboration that is happening remotely. So, how can I make that also happen? How can I improve that? Um, and the tooling, the tools that they use quickly came into the picture. It's like, oh, okay, there are tools that, that I need to use because if um, um, I hire someone from university and they come to the organization and then Oh, they need to use email to send an email, then attach a file, and they need to collaborate on that. And thousands of other people are on an email. It's like, that's not modern. This, this The younger generation, they used to Facebook and WhatsApp and all these uh, chat based solutions. And they will come to this organization, they're like, wow, wow, what's this old school thing? And I drop it on a share, on SP share, whatever. It's like, wow, one, one second. Uh, this, is, this is not, I, This is, I'm not productive. I don't like that. And then leave the company. Um, and then this pilot where we uh in some companies and we had it at Microsoft too, so you had your own office and you close the blinds and then nobody dared to annoy you. So it was great. There was no collaboration happening, but you were happy. <laughs> so obviously that impacted uh, productivity and the outcome of those teams. So a big revolution came in at Microsoft where, where we changed, we moved to what we called neighborhoods. Um, and and all the buildings have been completely remodeled to reflect that um, and, and have neighborhoods where the team sits together, they have their own collaborations spaces and then the tools have to come and follow that trend and fill in the gaps and fill in the gaps virtually because now what if the team is spread across the globe and they still need to collaborate where are the tools that you can still do the same and then as that happens we've seen that there is a need to let the user customize their environment let's let the user customize their workplace and they did it physically by putting nice pictures flowers whatever on that desk uh especially the the dev neighborhoods they were very geeky (laughs) as you might expect uh and and they brought in like like like, whatever gaming consoles and TVs, there. So they made it like a living room and that. Then- the, the, the morale of the team and uh, grew, obviously, and it, they were able to attract and keep talent. So this trend happened. So now on the, if we look at the, the tools, that that's where Microsoft Teams comes in. And so like, OK, I'll build this virtual environment for collaboration where communication are not transparent. Same as I'm in my neighborhood, I'm talking to someone. I had it yesterday. I was talking with, some, with actually the PM that owns a Graph API yeah, around a couple of APIs. And then someone else joined my peers. They're like, hey, I've heard that you talk about it. Let me listen because I, I had the same question and then participated in the discussion the same virtually happens if you go in a channel where a focused discussion is happening you can chime in you can listen in uh you don't have to contribute but at least you're up to speed so you know what's happening out there and that's where but the core of or the core capability of teams came in um, to facilitate this uh this public conversation now if we scroll down a little bit or, or double click on it now what do we want to meet? So the meeting aspect and come in like, oh, I want to have a face to face meeting. So we can we can talk. It's quicker than chatting around or, or typing in. but. I still want everyone to know about it, so you want to record it and have it available in a channel for others to listen in if they can't make it. So it moves into that space. Now, if you go to the customizing and uh, tailoring that experience, then like putting the picture on, on you know, <laughs> a picture of your cat, dog or family on your desk or putting a flower or maybe even structuring your desk to be more efficient, that translates on the tool side on having the tools embedded in your virtual workspace uh, that is Teams, um, having those tools embedded there so you can quickly use them, um, and have also the tools that you want to use, that you think they're, they make you productive, also there. Um, so that's where the extensibility and customization aspect of Teams comes into place. Especially now, also with the single sign-on improvements that we announced, at build will help even more, where those those line of business application or uh, third-party application like Trello, Service Mon- Monkey, or others that that teams wants to use internally, um, they can be brought into the team's experience in this virtual environment, virtual workspace, the hub for teamwork that teams consist. And now if you look in the future, as you know, Susie, uh, is what is following? So what we will do, obviously, we'll make that experience better and better and and open up the integration points. Uh, and we see it happening also with build, where we open more and more. And we see it on the Graph API, where we move now from what you call lifecycle management APIs, we'll go to the voice APIs, where we open up those extensibility points for the on the voice for voice scenarios, and and we'll move uh, more and more in that direction. So if you would ask me, okay, where we're heading with the product, is basically obviously making this, this virtual environment this workplace. Even better and better and better and open it up for developers and partners to extend it just beyond the the, the core workloads or core capabilities that teams has around chat, calling, meeting, and so on and so forth.
1: And um, do you think the Teams team would ever uh, acquire some of the smaller sort of startups, uh, non-Microsoft startups in in the productivity space? There are lots of off-the-shelf tools. And if we look, for example, at um, the sort of uh, SharePoint team and the SharePoint service, uh, you know, remembering that Yammer was once an upstart uh, out in the market that was Plucked uh, plucked up by Microsoft and is very much part of that sort of communications um, story now that Microsoft tell. Um, do you think we might see similar activity from the Teams team? Where do where do you and uh, the, the wider Teams team see your sort of research on on market trends going uh, beyond um, you know what you've already talked about in terms of what what the service does today and uh, the plans to open up the APIs and the extensibility points?
2: Um that's a very, very tough question. And we're asking for
1: prediction just for our listeners. Christian doesn't know. It's just it's just whether this this might be something that, yeah. um that th- that comes up.
2: Yeah, the tough question is that uh, uh is, is, obviously we cannot disclose what if there are any ongoing plans, but if we look in general, so this is more uh, in general, um there is this move of okay, we need this. Uh, I think this fits perfectly into the virtual workplace uh, that Team has. This, this product would fit and address this scenario that we've seen a lot of our customers asking for. We could A, Say so like okay, we build it from scratch, but then we look at the, the the investment that is needed and how long it will take until we will have it ready to ship, and then if obviously there is a a uh, an ISV that already built that, uh, we might look at uh, at the acquisition path. Um, depends depends on <laughs> several factors, but that might be an option or the other one that we have is the extensibility piece where we say like okay i we, why don't want to integrate into teams this experience has been asked by a lot of our customers and then and basically uh, the the path to into the integration is to the current capabilities that we have on app platform and graph api
1: so it's almost like an either or isn't it it's either an extensibility story or uh, a big acquisition. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although uh, arguably SharePoint have, have have sort of done both, um, but of course it's a much older and much more mature service.
2: Yeah, it's very tough. It's very tough to say when what happens, um, and there are so many factors to consider. Uh, but the default one is extensibility. Um, that's basically how we work with over 200 ISVs um, to bring in the, the applications, their applications into Teams uh, and have Teams one endpoint for their service, be one endpoint for the service. Um, and as well as we did the same approach internally with uh, the teams like Plan- the Planet team, the OneNote team, <laughs> the Power BI team, they did the same. They, they leverage the same capabilities in a platform obviously it's easier to work together because we're all <laughs> very close in the same company but they leverage the same capabilities that uh, uh, that we offer for isVs and 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 any partner actually on the platform side for extensi- on the extensibility path
1: uh, and what about the, the sort of broader adoption of teams? Um, you know the the Teams team and you know Caruana in particular um, pushes out a, a lot of content in terms of how the Teams service should be used. Um, you know you've talked about accessibility clearly that's another route to um, adoption. Tell us a little bit about sort of where that's at um, and where you see broader adoption coming from. You know is it just a case of Uh, Teams needs to be bedded in and, you know, people need to be given an opportunity to get to know it. Because, you know, in real terms, it's still very new compared to some of the other services that are there. Um, Or or do you think it's something that organizations are really going to have to bite the bullet on and invest heavily in to to get the business up to speed? Because obviously, there's all kinds of contributing factors, um, you know, like... Deeply entrenched working habits in email, for example, um, that are that are potentially more difficult to overcome um, because you know they've been around it as long as computers have, have have been used in in offices.
2: Yeah, that's actually a very good question, um, and I know Carolina has lots of content that talks about this point, but um, I so. Teams is a disruptive product, and we are aware of that. We had to go that path if we want to truly uh, rev- bring a revolution to the way and how people work digitally. Tr- help them transform, help them with the, the promises that we put out there. We we had to bring a product that actually suffices. That we can cannot need a email light product or email like product or whatever. We had to 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 change the way uh, folks work and and. And that obviously there's a barrier to that. Once the people cross that barrier, then it's no way back. So I I don't I hit open email. I, I if I get an email, I, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> so if you, for example, want to reach me, if you don't send me anything in teams, uh, it will get delayed because email is the last one that I got. I have so much uh, so much noise that that I have in email, which in teams, um, it's very structured and I know exactly what to look at. Um, and, but again, it's, it's, a, it's a journey that once the user's there and see the value, then they got it. They, they want content back. But there is a journey and it takes a while to get there. And uh, it needs to be done properly to be successful. Uh, we've seen companies that turn on Teams and let it uh, organically grow and they went, went fantastic. It was awesome. Uh, but we've seen also companies that turn on Teams and it went nowhere. People were frustrated. They didn't understand what it is and the usage didn't go anywhere. So, but again, it depends on the company, the culture, the technical, you know, the, 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 the knowledge that people have, how, how easy they learn new products. So if they used to, to new technologies, um, internally, obviously developers are easier to get on the path <laughs> rather than well, well, folks.
0: Yeah. And I would say the developers can help you with that story. What I've seen over and and I mentioned in all the sessions I do about Teams is a company is their, their job is not to collaborate. Their job is to do something. And if you can get that line of business application enabled inside of Teams and help your employees collaborate together to do what they're supposed to be doing, teams the 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 adoption that will follow because of all those capabilities so i think I, I i i i the the comments you're making ring true to me as well and i think devs have a, a unique leadership role they can play in that in driving adoption for for your organization Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
2: So when I look at you, brought the solution aspect, the line of business application that are now integrated. That's one of the values, but they still need to to learn or to start collaborating in this open space. And not everybody feels comfortable to do that. Um, there's a channel I share stuff. I don't know what's going on. There's like two open, so they, they, it's still a journey to do, get used to collaborate there. Obviously, the line of business application, the the application that they use on a daily basis. If they are in in, in teams integrated and the experience is great, then obviously that adds on top of it, which makes then the teams more stickier for the user and and obviously emphasizes the value prop, but still there is a journey to get them there.
1: So it sounds like the sort of problem that that is sort of hit from many angles. It's the will people organically take it up? Uh, what if we now hook off uh, to, to Paul's point, you know, what we do as a business into this application, Maybe we a need to dovetail in some additional sort of uh, caravana led training content, probably some internal content, uh, and actually that sort of multi pronged approach is certainly one that um, that, that we're seeing, uh, and I think will be cert- certainly be interesting to sort of review where we are in twelve months and twenty four months um, on that uh, adoption piece, because you know we're, we're seeing from our sort of. Um, Close relationship with Microsoft that um, that those figures are going up, but is that a sort of it, is that going to continue or are we going to see a plateau at some point? Uh,
2: the same answer that I have for people that uh, are asking us are we slowing down <laughs> with feature? We we're moving too fast? Can you slow down? No, we won't. It just will increase. Um, we we had. We need to do a little bit more work on on the developer side, and um, we know that. So we will see a a lot more content coming in, a lot more focus on community, around that on the developer community, a lot more focus on sharing code, open source approach uh, with teams, Um, things like, hey, let's share a connector for a healthcare system and open source it on GitHub so everyone can contribute, take the code, improve it, and contribute back to the community. So we'll see a lot coming back there. We'll see a little bit bringing the community back uh, closer together on the partner side, especially for for the, the different interest groups like, hey, I want to learn more about and be in touch with engineering, around adoption, change management and governance uh, and everything what boils down from that uh, there could be apis that are needed there or any any you know best practices or any scenarios that i need to do uh look into that so or, or other interest groups around verticals and first line uh we have a big focus on 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 vertical and we'll see a lot coming up in teams in order to have capabilities on a team on teams from product side as well as api side so um developers and partners can, can go in and integrate healthcare systems into Teams and, and integrate the line of business application that customers have in those spaces into Teams and, and, um, and extend just beyond the box product <laughs> uh, capabilities that we have in, in Teams. Um, the app policy has been a fantastic example where then the, the experience can be tailored uh, on the app side for those customers too
1: build conference that happened last week. Can you share with us some of the highlights uh, that came from uh, the Teams team announcements?
2: Sure. Um, So one of the main ones that I think they're really awesome and will help definitely with uh, app development is what we call the app policies as well as the pinning of apps in the tabs uh, in the app bar. So now uh, in the past it was The apps if you build your own app and you you publish it in teams uh it was hidden behind the three dots and it was very very difficult to discover now you can move it up um, and bring it to a prominent place for users to find which definitely helps with the with the adoption of your application and usage of the application within within your company your customers um, but also opens up a different level because now your application now shows up in and it's a component of teams. It's just, it is in the app bar and then it's close to, you can move it up being prominent on the top a uh, top left uh, place next to activities or calls and you can build anything around that uh, we've seen approaches that uh, uh, developers took where they bring a portal in and then uh, spread it out within within that um, that canvas um, or other areas um, like um, <laughs> what we've seen quite a bit is around governance where hey i'm offloading the creation of teams to my own solution where i enhance the template Capabilities and guide the users through that and have it on prominent page, uh, place to find it. This was one of the more exciting ones that came out.
3: I just had to agree there, Christian. So I tried it out last week for, uh, for a client. And uh, the cool thing with this is it's not just that you can pin those apps for the company. You can, uh, Since you mentioned it's app policies, and you can create those per role. So you can have the first-line workers having one setup of apps and, and even hide apps from them and have one for uh, different countries or locations or however you define your groups. And I think that's a really good way of targeting specific applications to specific groups of users.
1: And Christian, is this something that's generally available already for our listeners?
2: Um, This is currently being rolled out and should be available pretty soon.
1: Good. So we will all be keeping an eye out for it. Victor, what was the context for you showing your customer? Was it something... Yeah, we had
3: a custom, custom application, essentially. The client wanted wanted to show and, and to give them a better experience, we wanted to, to show up directly so their end users can... Essentially, see that app directly uh, when they go into Microsoft Teams, and having having easily available. Uh, we were f- fortunate to try out some of the very early bits uh, before, even before this was ro- generally available. And as Christian said, this was rolled out, so we we t- uh, tried it on the, the one of the developer tenants. So to say, then. Uh, Things to be aware of there is it's only available in the new Teams admin center. So teams.admin.microsoft.com is where you have to go. And if you have it enabled in your tenant, you should see it in the left-hand side. It says app policies. And there you can create policies and then pin those apps and, and set up and target the two different groups as well.
2: Yeah, and we can think about departments. Some departments might need specific line of business application that they use on a daily basis. So let's take um, insurance companies. Maybe they'll have the line of business application pinned on prominent Place in the app bar, maybe on the first place or second place after calls or activity, where they can see incoming, you know, claims that were filed that are assigned to them, and they can process it quickly. They can click on it, get to them. Um, or if we look at first line now, the interesting part will come also with the mobile <laughs> angle that will take with Teams, where then the policies will apply to the mobile devices for certain first line workers that don't have a PC or a laptop, and then they will have the experience and tailored for them. What applic- they, With experience, I mean, the application that will be available for them to use and the uh, order of the application in the uh, application or launch. Uh, exactly. On the mobile app, app, you
3: only have five icons on the bottom. And and those are by default five correct. native Teams applications. But with this policy, you can actually push your application in there and have that one in the middle, which creates a much better user experience for that, the mobile users. Correct. Yeah.
2: correct. And, and, is- and, and, and it's also tailored uh, sorry Susie and it's also tailored because uh some of uh, like if you think retailers right retailers in some cases have very strict policies what their first line workers uh, the the store associate were, were supposed to use in terms of applications uh, some might be more relaxed and in terms of policies they allow uh, employees more to do but if if we, we encounter customers that have the needs so like okay my first line workers should only be able to do to, to to do to, to chat between each other uh, to call, as well as um, manage the shifts from within the team's canvas and the custom solutions that they need, line of business application. And that experience of the application can be just enabled for those, um, uh, those scenarios.
1: Well, it's the perfect addition to... Uh, teams, given Teams is the place where we want people to be productive, so that third party sort of extension point is, uh, you know, fitting of, of the, the core sort of purpose uh, of the team service. Um, Christian, on, on previous editions, we've sort of debated, is Teams yeah. still true to its purpose of, of being a productivity centre or, or is it is that is that purpose diluting? Uh, and I think this is definitely one of those um, sort of announcements that, that that gives you faith that actually this is going to continue to be the center of productivity. Another announcement that uh, was made at Build was around um, sort of 2D meetings and being able to make some people invisible, for example, if they're um, in front of a main whiteboard. Uh, And on the last edition of the New Habits podcast, we were also talking about people being able to have different flavors of wallpaper and things like that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about um, those sort of meeting-based based enhancements?
2: So- Basically, when we look at those, an extension of what we shipped in the first iteration that we call back, background blur. So it's uh, just enhancing that capabilities and adding more features to that um, to be able to swap the, the backgrounds as well as um, the scenarios where I'm on a call with my customer and I want to have my company logo in the back. So it's just extending that. That's the first one. The other one is the whiteboard. And the whiteboard is more like, <laughs> it's one of the features that uh, folks on a call um, will have a better experience with the people in a room because now they can see behind that. But um, that's that's more a um, intelligent uh, way on how to to to, to make the, the the person in front of the whiteboard transparent and trace basically the lines behind as they draw around on the whiteboard. Um, it was also announced at uh, Enterprise Connect. Um, uh, Earlier yeah, this year, and that's a feature that is coming uh, very soon.
1: Super. Are there any other announcements uh, from Build last week that you want to talk about? Um, and that extends to you guys, Victor and Paul as well.
2: Yeah. So, from a from there are a couple of that I want to quickly touch base on on from a build. Uh, one that is. Um, might be a hidden one, but very powerful one is a message extension. And message extensions is having ab- abilities to developers to just tap into that and be able to trigger their own workflows out of that, triggered their own application out of context of a conversation within a channel. Um, And that opens up things like, oh, there's a chat around something that we need to do and my application can help with uh, creating tasks. So that message extension will pass the context of that conversation to the application. So a task can be created.
3: (laughs) I I have to agree there as well. So, and just before this meeting that was actually what I was working on trying out all, all the different versions of message extensions out there, specifically around the action-based ones, uh, where you can, can work with task modules and stuff like that, and. and just hit the publish button on the new uh, Yeoman generator for this as well, which has support for all of yeah, that. So yeah. it should be out in the preview now. So yeah,
0: I think this is a, a key enhancement. I, I don't know how many times people get be confused because if I want to communicate with a bot in one on one, I can just type and it works. But if I'm in a channel, I have to remember to at mention and how many times do you if the bot's not getting my message, it turns out you forget the at mention. So having that message extension right there to help send that context is going to be a great productivity enhancer. I think that's it's certainly going to be great. And then uh, for folks that uh,
2: don't know what message <laughs> extensions are, the easiest one on how I explain what message extensions are is like the GIFs in Teams, right? If you want to quickly search for a funny picture and post it here in the channel. Uh,
0: so Victor and I described them as that control block extensions from SharePoint came to Teams yeah. finally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and the actions on top of it is just making those even uh, taking them a step further and, and adding actions to yeah that, and you uh, have a lot of flexibility that,
3: there that, as well you feature. can use this as um, Paul mentioned it can be a bot but you can use the, the adaptive cards. you can use task modules you can use just text-based and and yes. the interaction between them i think that's the powerful thing sending back uh, uh, information or actually accomplishing tasks right in that uh, the conversation.
0: So following on with, with build and the, uh, the developer intent here, one of the items that we saw on the list was the single sign-in for Azure Active Directory users. And so obviously this is an area that confuses developers and frustrates users to no end. So the can you give us some some background of what's going on with this single sign-on and what does this really mean for for folks who are coding and using teams? <laughs> Well, the, the the basic problem
2: is that you don't. And one of the premises that that uh, uh, the teams was uh, was looking at is to reduce the context switching for users and uh, and the need to uh, to remember another login to another system uh, as they do their daily work. Uh, we want to improve the productivity now with with um, with improvements to the single sign non, uh, We can between the applications and um, obviously leveraging Azure Active Directory, uh, we can enable this seamless experience for users. They can stay in teams. And even if their application is brought in the context on the canvas of teams, um, the authentication is handled in the back end by the various sy- systems. So the user doesn't have to deal with it. Um, and and having this improvements come in, we come closer to, to, this pro- to fulfilling this promise.
0: Yeah. And so there's some work for the developers, right? The, or an app developer to participate in this or is it all automatic?
2: Oh, obviously, there, there yeah. is some work on on, applica- on on the developer also to to, so, to do that. Right? <laughs> it will be great to be in a spot that <laughs> everything happens seamless, but unfortunately, since um, there, there's some groundwork to do
0: there. Right. And, and so and following on with people developing apps for Teams, there's also an announcement about um, Teams app templates that are being yeah. released. So what are these templates or what's the goal for these and, and what templates are available? Yeah, uh, the goal for, for this app templates is to give you a production ready
2: application in Microsoft Teams for uh, for certain scenarios. So obviously, you as a developer, you can take it, install it, um, see on how well designed and well built, the application looks in teams and then you have the source code where you can dig into and and figure out how it has been built um and we have currently five i think there are five that are out there um one that has custom stickers another one that is is an icebreaker that helps the team get closer by pairing two random teams member every week to meet. This will be something around like adoption, like improving, you know, get get, increase the usage of of teams by having an application that connects two people together and ask them to collaborate, set a meeting, get to know each other and then breaking the silos in organizations where everyone works in their own silo and doesn't talk to each other. So to get to know other folks in your organization that are are close in the same division Um, and they are built end to end. Um, and um, including the whole deployment piece there. So it's just helping uh, developers to see on how a fully built Teams application looks like. Um, and that's where we built the first five. And we're looking at the community to take it further. So we'll publish it or have published uh, depends on when you listen to this podcast um, uh, on GitHub. So you can go ahead and, and get the source code and then contribute back. That's the, that's the goal of the app template.
1: Super. Um, thank you very much uh, for that. Okay. So um One other thing that uh, was announced uh, last week was um, a slight rebrand of the Coffee in the Cloud um, Microsoft Teams channel, uh, which has now been uh, relaunched as just Microsoft Teams platform sort of uh, training site on YouTube. Um, It's got some videos up there at the moment, but I'd urge our listeners to check that out because I know there's going to be new content being published by the team's product team um, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, And it's a good way to stay on top of how to actually use the different services that are available or other capabilities that are available within the service. So there's a platform developer series on there, um, as well as a high level sort of overview set uh, of videos, which are much more aimed at the business user.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm very familiar with those. Um, That's a core effort within engineering to get those out. And I was in the middle of that one too. (laughs) So we started with the first step um, to basically provide an overview of the platform as well as the individual components that consist um, uh, uh, that are part of the teams platform uh, as well as the graph api part of uh, things for teams Uh, now as we progress we will obviously reiterate on those as new features are coming out. We'll do a quick recording. Uh, we try to go right now, those are like one hour, but we try to get uh, away from that and reduce them to a chunk that people can watch in their break and don't have to <laughs> watch a long video there. So we'll break those up and then have more coming up as new features light up. Like the message, message actions, definitely we need one one session for that, and we uh, we're, we're uh, we will record that. Uh, the application templates or the code samples uh, where we want to brand them. Um, some companies call refer them App Factory or whatever. Um, we'll have those we already recorded. Uh, just need to edit them and put them there, so they will come also soon.
1: It's a great initiative, and I think with something like the Teams application, it certainly lends itself to video a lot better than uh, sort of written direction um, and mm-hmm. uh, internally, at In Three Six Five, we produce uh, video content for training material now, uh, rather than written uh, documentation, because it does—it mm-hmm. is just easier for people to consume.
2: Yeah, but we, uh, the intent is not to be a training; it's more to get up to speed of what is what are message actions, for example, and how to use them, how to use them as a developer, and then I get it, and then I can go read the documentation to full extent if I'm interested in that. But at least to give you an understanding what is that component that con- that is part of the Teams application platform, and how do I use it, and what are maybe some scenarios I want to use it for. Uh, and it should be short, uh, not too long video for that.
1: Yeah, and so important with a platform that changes so frequently.
2: Huh. Yeah, that's one of the feedbacks of got like, you're shipping too many features. I cannot keep up with it. It's like, well, we won't slow down. That's for sure. <laughs> so, but but at the same time, we need to ensure that we provide also the visibility into what we we're shipping and provide the right um, documentation as well as also an overview. Why do I want to care about that feature? And and uh, how, when should I use it? Give me a little bit of a starter. Get, get me started on that. Because once I get it, I can get back and then uh, um, and deliver it uh, or pick it up if it's interesting for me.
1: Thank you very much uh, for taking the time to uh, join our podcast this week, Christian. It was really, really informative. And um, thank you also to our panel, Paul and Victor. And we uh, look forward to talking at you on the next one.
2: That's good. Thanks for having me.
3: Thanks,
1: Christian.
0: The New Habits Podcast is produced by add-in 365 Thank you to Victor Villain for participating. Please leave a review in iTunes along with a five-star rating. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening.